Time for this week's edition of the Source Weekly Update. Hot off the press and into your ear. Every week, found wherever you get audio. And now, let's take a look at some of the highlights from Volume 25, Issue 38, dated September 19th. From our outside page, everyone needs a crew. Eric Heinemann's journey to completing the Leadville series was capped off with a 100-mile run. By Isaac Beale. In January, we talked with Eric Heinemann, Easy Float's first sponsored athlete, about his goal to complete the Leadville race series. Flash forward to now, and the Bendite is officially a lead man. To complete the entire Leadville series, athletes have to finish five endurance races. There's a regular trail marathon, the Silver Rush 50 mountain biking race, a 100-mile mountain bike race, and a 10K run that sets you up for the big one, a 100-mile run through some of the toughest terrain a runner can face. Dude, I finished it, says Heinemann. Just to have something driving me that's a little bit more than just having it on your bucket list or whatever. I think if it's just on your bucket list to do this, it's going to be a lot harder to finish. You really need something pushing you or motivating you. For Heinemann, that motivation was his older brother Steve, who just turned 50. In an effort to raise awareness about schizophrenia and mental illness, which Steve has had for many years, Heinemann set out to accomplish this boundary-pushing goal. This allowed Heinemann to push through a discomfort he's not accustomed to, something he knows his brother has to do every day. As of this writing, Heinemann has raised $3,325 through his GoFundMe campaign. While he wasn't worried about finishing the biking races, the 100-mile run was a daunting prospect, and the last one to complete. People drop out of this race for so many reasons. Most of them are like gastrointestinal reasons, like you can't hold down food, you're throwing up or whatever. A lot of people don't show up, he says. Apparently 44% of people finished it this year. I'm thrilled. I didn't know if it was really going to happen at all. So just to finish the thing. Other factors stopping people from finishing are the lack of sleep. The run begins at 4 a.m. and you have 30 hours to complete it. And the numerous injuries one can acquire while running this kind of race, Heinemann said. But while he had some knee pains, blisters, and swollen ankles, he completed the race in 29 hours, 35 minutes, and 49 seconds, cementing himself as a Leadville Series finisher. Next, from our culture page, Last Stand in the Sand. Volleyball Court's Last Hurrah includes a party and informal tournament by Nicole Vulcan. For some, they've been the site of many a family pickup game. For others, they're a spring and summertime training ground. But soon, the space just south of the Les Schwab Amphitheater will be the former home of Ben's largest and nearly only outdoor sand volleyball complex. A representative from the Old Mill District confirmed Monday that after 10 years, it would be reclaiming the space, requiring the four sand volleyball courts to relocate. The only other publicly available outdoor courts in Bend are two courts, located at Mountain View High School. At this point, we don't know what's going to happen with the space. Old Mill District Les Schwab Amphitheater Marketing Director Noelle Fredland told The Source Weekly Monday. She said they have a number of possible development options for the space, but nothing solid. Fredland acknowledged that the company is exploring remodeling the adjacent amphitheater, but that's separate from any plans for the current court space. It's been wonderful that we've gotten 10 years out of it, but it was always a temporary use, Fredlin said. 
Adam Ellis is the owner and club director of North Pacific Juniors Volleyball Club, which uses the courts as a practice ground in the warmer months for the more than 125 young athletes in the club. NPJ covers insurance for the courts and has maintained the agreement with the Old Mill District for use of the current space for the past several years. The club has already stopped practicing outdoors for the season, but come late spring, Ellis hopes to have built new courts in two prospective locations. The plan is to be up and running at one, if not both, locations at the beginning of May, Ellis told the source. He declined to confirm any prospective sites the club may be exploring. Quinn Kiever, a park planner with Ben Park and Recreation District, said she'd attended several meetings with club representatives aiming to find a new home for sand volleyball in Bend but that BPRD didn't have a sand volleyball project budgeted or planned out in its current five-year plan. Kiever identified Pine Nursery Park as a potential site for the courts, pending an engineer's review. We're very much in the feasibility stage, Kiever said. And finally, from the news page, county zoning proposal sparks concerns. Religious freedom, wildlife protection rules and odds by Hillary Corrigan. A Deschutes County proposal to allow churches in areas zoned to help deer, elk, and antelope has a land use group and a state agency concerned about the impacts on wildlife that need undisturbed tracts of land for habitat, food, and migration. A proposal before the County Planning Commission seeks to change the county's comprehensive plan text and land use regulation, aiming to comply with the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act. The proposed changes would alter the word church to religious institutions and add religious institution as a new use in certain zoning districts. We just have to comply with federal law, said Nicole Mardell, an associate planner with the county. The U.S. Congress adopted RULIPA in 2000 over concerns that land use and zoning regulations sometimes burdened religious groups and limited their ability to express their religious freedom while other groups, such as assembly halls and museums, did not face the same burden, according to County Planning Division materials on the issue. Based on concerns at the county level that First Amendment rights were being infringed upon, the county tried to change its zoning and comprehensive plan in 2017 to allow churches in the wildlife area combining zone, special zoning districts with standards meant to help conserve important wildlife areas in the county. The risk of a lawsuit from a property owner prompted the county to address the issue at the countywide scale. The nonprofit Central Oregon Land Watch challenged the move, and the State Land Use Board of Appeals called for more analysis. A separate 2018 county land use decision that approved a church on private property zoned for farm use in a wildlife area combining zone relied on the possibility that someone could bring a lawsuit related to Relipa. The state affirmed that decision and the county then decided to audit the rest of its code to ensure it complies with RULIPA. At a September 12 public hearing, several people from the Lapine and Sun River area said that they want to expand their places of worship and that such growth would not impede wildlife habitat or migration corridors. Deer move through housing in the area now, they argued, and any decreases in population numbers more likely stem from predation by cougars. Deer and elk in the region have done well and adapted to humans, using neighborhoods as a pseudo-sanctuary. John Harris, manager of facilities at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Lapine, stated in written comments. There's plenty of room for them, and there's plenty of room for us, Harris said at the hearing. County Planning Division material noted that allowing religious institutions where they previously were not allowed could concentrate groups of people, 
increasing noise and light near fish and wildlife habitat, causing negative impacts and harming certain species. It also noted testimony from the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife that mule deer populations have declined up to 70% since 2000, in part from habitat reduction, fragmentation, and disturbance on winter range. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Source Weekly Podcast. Be sure to pick up your free copy of the Source Weekly wherever you find yourself in Central Oregon, or log on to our website, bensource.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam Scholl.